Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? I'm good. I uh, My anniversary was yesterday, and I celebrated like any uh, red-blooded American man would, and that is by taking his wife to the track, putting her in the passenger seat of a very fast car, driving her around uh, for three or four laps till she got sick and scared. And then uh, dropping her off at the side of the track and then rolling around the track for another 45 minutes or so by myself. Well, you've always had a gift with the ladies. <laughs> exactly. And uh, what, wow, what a, what a way to celebrate your anniversary. Curb, uh, going to be a tight 20 today. We're going to really uh, go through it. I think you and I just both discussed uh, how we're uh, both working from home today and, uh, you know, Part of that process actually uh, not working um, exactly. seems to be part of the working from home gig, um, which probably doesn't bode well for our economy going forward. Exactly. Curb, let's uh, let's start off in no place in particular, but my eyebrow was raised yet again, uh, rather lengthily, uh, by the uh, upcoming uh, Janet Guthrie biopic, uh, film biopic, starring Hilary Swank. Well, the good news is obviously that they've got an A-list uh, uh, actress involved in the movie, so maybe there's a bit of hope. Uh, Curb, did but, you know Hillary Swank is not a lesbian? <laughs> uh, does it really matter, Justin? No, of course it doesn't. I mean, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not saying it matters one way or the other, but I just I don't know why, but I always thought she was a lesbian. Uh, it never really crossed my mind. I can't can't. Uh... Well, that boxing movie. Um. You know, she's played some kind of mannish roles. Well, uh, I, you know, if you want to know the truth, I don't know if I've ever seen her in a movie, any of her movies, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but she's won a couple, she's won two Oscars, hasn't she? I think I saw in the pre-press so. release. And, uh, anyways, I, I, I'm sorry, I derailed you from your from your uh, insightful insight on uh, Hillary Swank and Janet Guthrie bio. <laughs> you know, I, I, you've been, um, you have been pounding the table for some. You know, non-standard uh, IndyCar content along the lines of uh, what's that F1 series called? Drive to Survive. Correct? Drive to Survive. You know, along those lines, and uh, I don't know if this is quite what you had in mind, but but here you are. You've got some uh, top-level IndyCar content uh, going out to the masses in a couple of years. Well, I'm not sure a Janet Guthrie bio is gonna move the meter much. Forward thinking that may not be uh, go hand in hand with IndyCar leadership but uh if they started grooming a female now to come online in the series two years from now following the the Jan- release of the janet guthrie movie maybe it'd be a good idea maybe they're doing that simona de Silvestra. well there you go she'd probably be about the same age group as uh janet guthrie was right when she, when she qualified in the 70s yeah i think janet was much older actually yeah she was i don't know approaching 40 but simona's not as young as you remember her she's been around a long time now uh yeah i don't know how old she is but i'm guessing she's like 30 ish plus i'd say okay we'll let our listeners do the research yeah not that it matters but look um i'm not sure it's gonna move the meter but curb even you have to admit that um this drive to survive thing uh has become just a huge thing for f1 and uh uh, you know uh, you sent me an article the other day that I thought kind of laid out the case very uh, relevantly that like 
IndyCar struggling for an identity here, and uh, it's going to take something like that to help them. And it's, uh, I hope the management is looking at this. I, I, I don't know if they are or not. They claim to be, uh, but they claim that they, you know, all the stars have to align to make sure it's a quality product or else it's not worth doing. They got to do something. Um, they can't keep going the way they are, I don't think. And, uh, well, on this, I agree. It can't be a bad product, but, you know, this was the year to do it. Jimmy Johnson coming out of COVID. There's, there's several storylines in there this year, which would have been really good for that type of thing. And I'm going to lament, hopefully for the last time, that why when Drive to Survive wasn't out two years ago that they didn't pick up on this and immediately start working on something is, again, just so frustrating. So frustrating. Well, you know, that, that article that you're referring to, um, you know, it mentioned one thing is that all the key players have to be willing to open up. I'd imagine that a lot of those F1 um, folks that are in those Drive to Survive episodes aren't always thrilled with what how they get depicted or the way things work out. And from what I understand, you know, editors are going back and putting pieces together where maybe they didn't actually belong in the first place to create a more compelling product and uh yeah but welcome it, it, to, it, it, welcome it, to television i mean that's that's how that all works uh, i understand but you know the chip ganassis and the deal coins and the drivers all got to be willing to uh oh wait a minute wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. wait are you implying you seem to be implying are yeah. you implying that somehow like the f1 owners are more open than their uh, counterparts on indycar are you kidding me well, apparently so Oh, rubbish. That is not a hindrance here, and I don't believe any of that. And trust me, those F1 owners – the F1 guys are – there's nobody more secretive or want to you know, keep their stuff out of the, the place than them. But they've all realized that this is money in the bank for them, and it has been. We all would agree that the one thing IndyCar owners love is, uh, is money in the bank. So – uh, if they translate this to money in the bank, uh, yeah, you have a look. You you can bring the camera into you know me taking a dump uh, with you know they'll they'll open up to everything. Well, you may be right. I may have a misimpression of IndyCar owners and other other key players besides the owners, but uh, uh, it's it's something they got to come to terms with and be willing to do. I think they'd be willing to do it if uh, if if Do Re Mi is on the line. Yeah. Well, maybe now. Uh, more so than they were a couple of years ago after having seen the success of Drive to Survive and what it's done for the series here in America. If you look at Drive to Survive, like Haas, for example, is hardly in there. I mean, he's he's in there, but very, you know, it's it's all Guter Steiner, right? Um, so I think they can choose who their quote-unquote star is going to be for the team. That, well, that too. I mean, uh, um, in the Red Bull guy in it on Horner, he's in it all yeah, the time, Yeah, Christian right? Yeah, but he's, but, but Dieter Matichis or whatever the guy's name is, you don't see him in there, right? No, exactly. He he so. kind of plays the Gene Haas role. Like he's you know he's in a lot of photos and you see him talking to Christian Horner, but it's all Christian Horner doing the talking. Curb, uh, since we're on such things as media matters. Uh, by by the say? way, by the way, yeah. you did say that, but um, you know I think we all have kind of uh, downplayed the talk of Colton Herta going to Formula One, Gene Todd or whoever it was from Formula One. No, Domenico Colony, the Liberty Group guy. You know, they're probably two or three years away from an American and F1 because they're that far down the, the European feeder series uh, ladder. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
not that I'm pushing Colton Herta now, but if you think about it, commercial interests oftentimes would trump uh, ability and experience, right? I'm sure that they're filming right now behind the scenes in Formula One for next season's Drive to Survive, season four, whatever, right? Yep. Couldn't you take, let's just say, the recruitment of Colton Herta and whether he should go to IndyCar or to Formula One or not, devote three or four episodes to that in season four of Drive to Survive, and then have a lot more American interest in Formula One races in 2022 than you would if it was just some guy being groomed up through the Formula One feeder series? I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to disagree. But Okay. Well, I mean, if that if that series is what drives American you, viewership, you, you know, I don't want to discount your opinion here, Kurt, but you are also uh, not a big uh, you didn't really you, you weren't on the drive to survive train anytime early. Let's put it that way. I don't like the show and I don't watch it. I haven't watched it since like episode <laughs> four or five of season one. Yeah. But I'm saying so, if that if that show gets all the credit for American viewership, yeah. of Formula One races, then that's the vehicle to get Americans more interested in an American right. driver. Well, I, 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 okay. So I don't agree with you. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. One is anybody watching drive survivor that's into drive survivor, you know, they have no idea who Colton Herta is with very few exceptions. All right. Other than say the indie car community, right. Which we all are complaining about how small it actually is right. at this point. Um, so nobody, Colton Herta, Brian Herta, you know, they wouldn't know from Adam. So uh, to them, it's just like, well, yeah, that's not exotic. It's just another California kid. I think they find, they, I actually think they find the Swedish guy far more interesting, right? Because um, he's more exotic in a way. Um, so I think the whole line about, you know, that whole American driver thing, which I think has permeated through cart and IndyCar over the years is like, we've got to have American, you know, Robin Miller was on that train for 10 years. You know, I don't think anybody cares where the driver's from. I really don't. I mean, maybe there, there's a few Bubba factors in there that probably do, but you know, Tony Kanaan's been the most popular IndyCar driver for the last 10 years. And the guy's from Brazil. So I, I, that whole American driver thing just falls flat with me. Every time. I, I don't disagree with you on that score. Um, my point is, is that if they think they need an American driver to help boost interest in America, they want two races now to boost interest in America. They want, uh, they feel like they've got momentum with ratings. Their growth potential is by growing in America because they're probably maxed out in European and Asian countries and South American countries in terms of Formula One interest. It's very mature audiences for them. If they think, they need the American driver to help them in America, then I'm just saying that 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 show is the way to go. And I think it's more interesting trying to take an American out of America and run Formula One than to take some guy with a European sounding name that happens to be American and is racing in Germany for the last or England for the last three or four years in the feeder series. Formula One is not going to allow ESPN to go half promote another series. You know, I mean, you'll never hear IndyCar mentioned in Drive to Survive ever. Um, you don't even hear it on the F1 broadcast. Uh, they're not. They're not going to allow that curb. No right. way. There, you make a good point. I, I will agree with that point. Yeah. Well, it, there's there's so many points. I thought the point you're going for here, curb, which I thought was more interesting, which which is <laughs> how the guy just totally blew off the concept of Colton Herta being in Formula One. 
I thought that was the more interesting. It's like, yeah, no. They yeah. certainly have no respect for uh, uh, drivers over here in IndyCar. This Clearly, I mean that's what really came. That's what really stood out about that uh, call. Is like, what? No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Not for a few years, and it's going to come from somebody coming up through our feeder series, not theirs. Right. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, moving on, curb. While we're talking about media, uh, increasing rumblings on the street. I know you've heard them. I've heard them. Uh, NBC's gone after this year. Um, and potentially being replaced by uh, CBS, of all people. Um, you know, the evidence uh, is the rumblings that uh, that you and I have been hearing, combined with, you know, clearly NBC kind of jiggering around with their general uh, motor racing sports in general. Um, and uh, it it's beginning to look like that's a possibility that NBC will be gone possibly replaced, uh, you know, the word I'm hearing, Curb, and I think you're hearing, is CBS. Well, they seem to be the most likely candidate at this point. I think uh, we were both kind of surprised how robust their announcer lineup is for the uh, Tony Stewart all-star stock car racing blurb I saw where Alan Bestwick, who's who's uh, doing the play-by-play for those stock car races, is also going to be working the uh, IMS uh, PA system this month, uh, which was news to me till just yesterday. So, you know, Alan Bestwick is certainly very talented. And if CBS is bringing him online, maybe they are making a play for IndyCar. I know that, um, so it doesn't look good for IndyCar and NBC. It's not a done deal yet, but, um, but it would be quite a change considering how much effort NBC has put in to making IndyCar succeed the last three years. Well, I'm going to start off by saying I'm thrilled anybody's looking at it. Um, <laughs> right. You know, you know what I mean? Um, so let's just, let's just, uh, be grateful for that. I, it does seem incredible. I mean, you know, NBC has this peacock, they have, you know, they have put a tremendous amount in and to just walk away from it. That's, uh, doesn't speak well. <laughs> it doesn't speak well to their three years of uh, experience in it. We'll say, I mean, it's, I don't think either you or I are saying it's a done deal, uh, at this point, but you know, it's, it's a space to watch. Uh, if CBS does get it, you know, we'll have plenty to talk about, like who, you know, you're talking about Alan Bestwick. And what about Bob Costas? He's NBC. Oh, is he? What about Jim McKay? Is he still uh, ABC. Alive? ABC. Is he still alive, Jim McKay? No, he's not. But his son uh, runs CBS Sports. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Could we do a virtual Jim McKay, you know, like they had Michael Jackson do that tour after he was dead? Um <laughs> Could we have have virtual Jim McKay, virtual Bobby Unzer now? Well, as much as I like those guys. And a real Sam Posey. As much as I like those guys, uh, you know, I think one of IndyCar's problems is it lives in the past too much. Maybe not the best move going forward. Big words coming from you, Curb. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but uh, it's true. Okay. All right. Well, watch the space. Um, Curb. Uh, we get a lot of complaints about how we don't address issues that we bring up. Uh, you know, we don't circle back often enough. Yes, it's a, a, I, a real I, drum beat, a real drum beat of complaints here. I'm sure. I know much of my week is spent, you know, dealing with complaints about the show. Right. And I want to kind of take a moment to circle back to a topic we addressed recently. Curb, you 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 did some digging, and you found uh, we we were. We were questioning why, for example, at Texas, you know, when they had the 
the issue with the PJ one down the track and, you know, creating just a single lane and, and what a problem it was, why they didn't try certain things like running the cars around the track, you know, to, to rubber up that section, uh, why they didn't bother to qualify on Sunday. And you and I were kind of going back and forth as to who was, who was putting the kibosh on all these, you know, seemingly logical ideas. And I think you found the answer, Curb, and it was the very person that you had dismissed before as being the answer. And that is, it appears to be Eddie Gossage is the one who put it down. And I'm not saying he didn't have his reasons, which I'm sure you'll get into here in a second. Well, uh, you know, we did find uh, in an article about oval track racing in general that uh, Eddie Gossage himself proclaimed that every hour of practice costs him a lot of money. So, you know, again, that Saturday, they were short on time, made sense. But uh, on Sunday... You know, that race wasn't scheduled to go till I think, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm going to bet that uh, after reading those comments, whether it was uh, medical personnel, you know, the uh, the airlift helicopter, and I'm sure plenty of other uh, key personnel probably weren't scheduled to arrive until it was time to put on the show at 4 o'clock. So to run a qualifying session at 1 o'clock or something like that may not have been feasible in his mind because I don't have the people here and I'm not going to pay them to change their schedules and come out on the last second notice so we can run a qualifying session that nobody's going to, that nobody's going to watch. Well, I think that's uh, it. Right. I think that's it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Right. Um, It does. It less explains why they weren't willing to run the cars around the track on the outer line to try to rubber it in a little bit. Sure. Because they could have planned that. If successful, certainly would have helped Eddie Gossage's product. Probably more worthwhile investment in his mind and probably again, minimized by being able to plan for it. Minimize yeah. the cost. That still doesn't totally absolve IndyCar of pursuing other options like taking the fastest lap from Saturday night's race or something like that uh, to set the field for Sunday. Yeah, I just I'm just hoping that the te- the post Texas is the low point of the season this year. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We're in trouble if it gets any lower. That's for sure. I think so. I really do. I mean, I don't. I, you know, uh, I I'll, I'll admit to being a glass half empty guy. Although as I get older, that I'm starting to switch. It's doom if they can't do better than that. I agree. Curb, let's uh, let's move on. We got a race this weekend. I'm sure our punters out there want to know who they should be putting their money on. I think uh, the best way that we uh, the service we perform for our listeners is is doing our picks, top six. Um. All right. Well, who's first? I don't remember. I believe you are. Oh boy. Okay. Well, then, um, without putting much thought into it, you can't go wrong with Scott Dixon, so I'll start with Scott Dixon. Funny enough, uh, Curb, I'm going to tell you, not even on my list of the top six. That is funny. So, um, it's, a, good it's, for a you. Particu- it's a particular track, the Indy Road Course, right? It's, um, you know, there's people that do well there that don't really do well else- elsewhere. Um, yeah, Yeah, I guess I thought Scott Dixon was one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think he's he's certainly not as dominant there as he is like, like Texas. Sure. Um, Curb, what uh, what's the weather forecast? I know you're going to be at the race, and uh, I'm hoping we're going to be able to do a little Johnny on the spot interview with you. But what's the weather uh, supposed to be like? The iPhone says 70 and cloudy. Okay, no rain though. Not on Saturday. All right. Uh, if there was rain. I'd be picking Simon Pagino right now. <laughs> well, that's, that'd be right up his alley. Him and uh, maybe Bourdais, right? 
Yeah, but I, you know, I've said this before that that drive of Simon Pagenaud in the rain at, at one of the Indy Grand Prix was one of the best driving uh, displays I've seen anywhere, any race. It was amazing. It was impressive, and I think it was Dixon that he ran down. It was indeed and passed. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Joseph Newgarden curb. Fine pick. I'll deal with power. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, certainly a bad run in Texas there. Um, let's hope it hasn't thrown Will off his uh, mental game. Um, uh, if he can keep it on the track, he should uh, he should do well. He's always good at that track. He's always fast. I you know um, I'm gonna go Colton Herta. I'm uh, I'm after the younger generation here. Kirk. Yeah, he's been strong there too. Um, and uh, you know. Not a traditional power, but a uh, guy who's been strong there is Jack Harvey, and I'm going to go with him with my third pick. Not a bad pick. Uh, you know, real riskier. A um, little bit of... Uh, Got to liven up the show. Got to liven up the show. Well, how much are we going to have to hear about the tiff between him and Graham Rahal? Oh, they'll be uh, playing that one up and throwing a little Rossi for good measure. How vicious is that, like Graham says? Oh, I didn't, you know, I'm going to have a man-to-man talk with Jack. By the way, Jack's a great guy, and I really <laughs> respect him. I mean, what kind of fighting is this, Curb? How is that man-to-man? I mean, really? Uh, it's, that's uh, modern-day, uh, you know. Is that modern-day man-to-man? Modern-day modern, modern hate. Right. Yeah, where you sit there and compliment your opponent for <laughs> 10 minutes before you say something slightly negative about him. Maybe he needs to take lessons from that uh, mean Canadian James Hinchcliffe. Yeah, exactly. He, he ran out of talent. He ran out of talent. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, this may shock you, but I'm not picking Hinchcliffe uh, next. Um, but I will take Alexander Rossi, who you just got to feel is due at this point. He's got to be. Go Funny, though, uh, I guess we got heard of, but uh, none of the other flavors of the day in our top six. No. Uh, we do get the return of uh, Jimmy Johnson and um, Romain Grosjean. Is that how you say it? Romain, yeah, Grosjean, Romain Grosjean. Uh, Grosjean um, should be, uh, you know, he has a chance of being strong uh, at that track for sure. Yeah, it'd be a good, good track for him. Uh, I think one person we haven't mentioned who's also pretty good at that track um, although I don't know if you can say for the win, so I, I don't know if you can bet on him, but Ray Hall is actually tends to be pretty good at that track. You are, you are correct. We've overlooked him there. Uh, you know, unfortunately for him, he often qualifies poorly and then uh, yeah, so, impress, and impresses driving his way through the field. Exactly, and that's why I say I don't know if you can pick him for the win because he's, he's, chances are he's going to qualify back too far to, to get up to the front. Yeah. Um, so I think you, you stick with our top six. And uh, and uh, you know look at the odds and then place your money accordingly. Um, Kerb, it's work day. Uh, you and I are working from home, which is to say that we're not working at all. And um, actually, I need to get on with it. I need to I need to do some stuff. Well, I do too. So um, we'll wrap it up there. Hope everybody enjoys the Grand Prix this weekend. And uh, the month of May takes off from here. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. 